Arsenal fans, I'm Darren the Delhi Guna and welcome to the Arsenal India podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Arsenal India podcast with me, Darren the Delhi Guna, possibly for the last time. This is where you all went to go, ah. That's We've got a full house tonight, nearly full anyway, one missing at the moment. We've got a full house. We have joined the technology, so I have no idea if this will work when I, uh, when I edit it. <laughs> but we've got two recordings going on. We've got one here in my apartment where I'm joined by Schwinn. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Anup. Hello, Darren. How are you? Fantastic, the same every week. Yeah. We're going to have to work on our opening exchange. Yeah, we need to, I think. <laughs> and uh, Nikhil, Nikhil Gandhi, the deepest voice in podcasting history. Namaste, darling. Nam- Namaste. See, that's good. But we're joined with the magic of electronics <laughs> technology. I'm 53, <laughs> it's all new to me. <laughs> on Skype, we're joined uh, by Shash. Hi, <laughs> And Kubu. Finally, <laughs> after a lot of persistence, you know, and a lot of efforts from your end, Darren, thank you so much for making it possible. My contribution to you coming on the pod has been, no, sorry, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you have asked me about 20 times, and for one reason or another, we haven't been able to do it, but I'm really glad that I got you on for your long and successful career in podcasting starting today with the last episode of the Arsenal Media <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so let's, Kubu, let's carry on with you. Um, you've been Arsenal fan for a long time. I mean, you, you, you look, you fit the bill. You're a young man. You must have started watching in the, uh, in the Wenger years, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like I've lived through the through the, uh, those times, you know, when we had the golden teams and it was very difficult that after 2006-07, I used to watch that game, the 1989 finals, if you remember, against Liverpool. So I used to see that, like, this game is crazy, man. And those days we, we you know, we did not have such kinds of internet and everything stuff back in, I think, 2000. So that's how, you know, I started looking, uh, following this team. I should follow, you know, the same team and then, you know, all the greats, Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieras, and Perez and all those people started coming in and Arsenal was at the top and like you know many of the youngsters who have become Man City fans these days so could have been the kind of the same story back in the days when we were pretty young and now so that's got, how I became Arsenal and now you've got Mustafi and all of these great players now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and not to forget you know the you know Arsene Wenger whatever his personality was that played a huge role and I think uh, I don't know, like many of the people who are of our age would have become Arsenal fans by, because, because of Arsene Wenger. So we cannot take his contribution away. And Shash, not being rude, but you look a little older. You look like you've been around the block a bit. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, so that means I look um, a bit younger. Thank you, David. <laughs> No, but but I tell you what I started. It was it was I I had come back uh, from tennis coaching and the TV was on. I grew up in this place called Qatar, and uh, as it happened, you would have uh, sports channels which are Arabic, so you, you wouldn't really understand, but you could only watch. And there I saw this football match going on, 
and this this bloke running around the flanks, just just on the right side and running and just doing magic all over. I found out that was Mark Overmars and this lean character, this tall lean character standing there, Arsene Wenger. I said, this is this has to be my team. Uh, being Indian and uh, cricket obsessed, our interaction with football came more with FIFA, the the EA Sports game, and. Um, Later, after all of those years and you know all the merchandise uh, splash in India of, of, of Manchester United and Chelsea, etc. I was studying in the UK and I had a chance to go and watch that fateful game. Can, can, I, can I use F-words? It's just that, can I... Can I what do you think? Is it, is it some kind of cunt? You're not swearing on his program. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all yes. Right. So I was, I was studying in Warwick University and um, that fateful match Arsenal versus Birmingham in February 2008. I was there, ten rows behind, and I was sitting, and 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 I was I was fucking appalled when the when the when the coppers said, "Oh, you you sitting on the Blues side?" I'm like, "They're not playing Chelsea." But then I realized that Birmingham had so much pride that they would call themselves Blues. Um, so I was sitting ten rows behind the 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 Birmingham uh, goalpost and. Uh, the Eduardo incident took place. We were five points ahead in the in the in the league. At that point, we were about to win the league, but we ended up fourth. I I somewhere or the other still live with that guilt, that burden, you know. As as like like the, the albatross is still hanging. So that's probably why you think I am old. I'm not all that old, but I look <laughs> old because of the burden and stress of carrying off all the hopes of Arsenal and and Gunners. So yeah. So, so it was your fault. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I probably jinxed it going and watching that match. <laughs> so look, we're all joining. We're all sounding far too happy. I mean, we really are. We're 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 sort of pretending, aren't we? <laughs> Just say it, darling. Just say it. Just say you're believe. Just say. It. Well, well, we we spoke a week ago. We were on the pod a week ago. Uh, in fact. I, I listened to our podcast that we did last week uh, in the gym earlier in the week, and this was this was uh, after the weekend, and I actually said right at the end, "Let me put to you guys a nightmare scenario: we get we get battered by Chelsea. Sorry, my phone's on. <laughs> we get we get battered by Chelsea. Giroud scores, and then Spurs win the Champions League. That nearly <laughs> happened. <laughs> that nearly." Happen. Yeah, that's 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 death. So, Swin, let's start with you. Uh, did you watch the game? Of course, yes. Uh, <laughs> I have I to was... check. I have to check for you, lot. Sometimes <laughs> you are, I was working. Sorry, I was yeah. sleeping. I was I, working. I was, I was watching Tottenham. Yeah, because you were going. You were you had a night. Well, you were working with. The I was center. working, but I did get to watch the game. You did. There's not. What what is there to talk about? Let's give a synopsis. We we were both very average in the first half, and they battered us in the second half. Yeah, I think that's a fair synopsis. And it's just disappointing how we fell apart. We capitulated for no reason. We were playing well in the first half, at least matching Chelsea, if not playing well. But we were at their level. We weren't shit. But in the second half, we were quite shit. Weren't we both shit in the first half? I think equally shit. <laughs> and that doesn't matter because then you don't win or lose a game. But when you become less shit or more shit, uh, hell, a lot of more shit than the other team, then you lose like we lost. Do your parents listen to the podcast? I don't mind listening to uh, them listening to this because Arsenal were fucking shit. No, I was going to talk about how do you know you were stoned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
<laughs> I've watched the game with you. Uh, uh, no, um, sec- that second half. I thought that when we got back to one, uh, I thought there was still hope. Three one. Um, sorry, three one. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't stoned. <laughs> no, the problem was I think um, when that penalty incident happened. I thought that was the end of it because for for that 10 minutes of period we I thought that we were getting back slowly into the Chelsea half and they were like pen down but the problem was that fourth goal actually killed everything and I was like okay now there is actually no hope like we've lost it and or some of the defensive errors that led to all those things is actually quite disappointing considering that it's a final and we still played it as if it's like a normal league game um, I thought the passion was missing first I was Alright, I genuinely thought that we were better than Chelsea, marginally, even though it was just 5%. But I thought Chelsea played only well uh, the last five minutes of the first half. But in general, second half, we blew it. So, Kubu, um, we went into this game with, with great hope, great heart, and we're all excited. The players yeah. were so flat. Why do, what do you put that down to? Yeah, well, talking about hope, Darren, I just saw that Facebook Live the other day. One of my friends who is in Atlanta, he was making that Facebook Live. So I could see you, you know, going for the scoreline of 5-0. I <laughs> so, was drunk. Yeah, we were pretty hopeful that night. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen, Kubu, Kubu, sorry, stop, Kubu. If you listen to every prediction I've said all year, it's always 5-0. Yeah. I think predictions are the most nonsense thing ever in football. If we all knew how to exactly. predict football matches, we'd all be very rich. So every time I am asked for a prediction, I say 5-0. Yeah. Yeah? I'm the positive <laughs> Arsenal fan. Did I think it was going to be 5-0? <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Carry on. <laughs> Thanks for the explanation. So coming now to the game, I think, you know, uh, if, sorry if I'm being a bit rude, but I don't think many of Okay, these players are good players, that's why they're playing for Arsenal, you know, they are at some level. But the thing is, I don't think they really uh, understand the value of playing for the club. I mean, I don't think many of them are truly connected to that club because uh, coming to the, uh, coming to a European final means a lot for the fans. And I think from, uh, like in my life, it was one of the biggest games we've ever played after the Champions League final against Barcelona. But I don't think many of the players, you know, looking at the way they were playing, they they did actually understand the importance of the game. And that's why, you know, I've, I've always emphasized the fact that we do need to build uh, build up great players since the young age to, like those players, do, those who understand the value for playing for a particular club. And you could only do it with a, uh, with a, with a, uh, only if you have a good, good system, like from where you start on with a young player and then they, go on to become and play for the first team. So I don't think that's happening, you know, on that scale with Arsenal. Like you've got, like, for example, take the case of Messi in Barcelona. Now those players like Xavi and all of these players, even if they're not at their best, but they'll give it everything. And I don't, I don't think the players, when they went 2-0 down, they gave everything. Sorry. So Shan, what do we call him? Shash. Shash, that's what we're calling it. Is it Balvinder? Where does that come from? Because I called you Ball Winder on the podcast about a month ago. Yeah, because that's how it reads to me. And I was ridiculed by these two uh, for, for calling you Ball Winder. It's, 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 it's Balvinder. It's, it's, it's Balvinder. But we're going to call you Shash. Yeah. Uh, we're going to yes. call you Shash. So, Shash I mean... I sort of agree with Kubu that the you know there there just seemed to be that lack of passion in both sides, but seeing there was so much 
going, you know, there was so much resting on this. From a professional footballer's player, we all hear about that our players want to play in the Champions League. Champions League football is the pinnacle of everything and that's what we want to get into. We had a chance and it was all so half-hearted from the first minute. Uh, if you're asking half-hearted from the first minute of the Europa League final or half-hearted from the first minute of the Premier League when the season started? Oh, we're going to argue about that, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, so, I'm talking um, about the Europa League final. My, right. Darren, uh, Europa League finals was, we, we had put in a lot of steam uh, and then playing your... I, I, I didn't see anything innovative or new happening. So if, if I try to put the benchmark of this whole season uh, to the cleverest possible move, it would be the, the Liverpool fourth goal against Barcelona. And Liverpool was, was perhaps probably the underdog in that match. Uh, and and how, they, how they changed, the, changed everything in that, that too in the end. Now, if you talk of the first minute uh, Arsenal was playing, they were playing a very, very um, uh, usual game, a very cliched game, so to speak, this season. Uh, bulking themselves on, on, on the left, which I try to call the basketball tactics. I think I think Embry is, is employing a lot of these basketball tactics where one player goes behind the other, etc. Try to lose your marker and then you just quickly cross in or, or pass inside or take a shot. Um, that is what was happening and it was usual. It was not something that, that Chelsea was looking very scared of. Obviously, they were doing it. Let me stop you there. The last time we played Chelsea, we played the same sort of tactics and we destroyed them. A, a slightly different, slightly different. And oh, we played a diamond in, in, that, in that last game against Chelsea. Uh, uh, if, you, if you're talking the gameplay, yeah, well, well, perhaps you're right. But, uh, what happened there was in the second half, well, in, 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 the, in the home game uh, of the Premier League, Chelsea could not make that third pass. If, if, you, if you can recollect, uh, Chelsea was playing long to the flank on Pedro if, in, in the Premier League. I'm talking of the Premier League at, at home. But this time, Chelsea made those very quick and cute three-pass movements in the second half, which actually split open Arsenal. And uh, and it was like a tap. It was like a tap which was just trying to stop Chelsea. And then all of a sudden, all um, everything goes 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 flowing out. And that is what Arsenal's defence has been throughout. The moment the first goal goes in, they have nowhere to look. Let's just go around quickly. Who was, who was our best player in the, uh, in, in the Europa League final? Can you think of one? Because we struggled on the night. They don't deserve to be named. There's, there's no one who stood up to that level. Anup? I, no, actually, I can't think of anyone. I think Petacek for keeping it down to 4-1. <laughs> yeah, Petacek. Kubus. Yeah. Who's, uh, okay, so in the finals or in the whole tournament, you're saying? Uh, in the final, who would you? Did we have anyone you can any positives? Any positive player you can take from the final? I don't know. I'm like Granit Zaka. He tried to pull the team together. Apart from that, I didn't see uh, anyone you know who was trying to get back when we were like right, that's, down. That's your last appearance on the pod, uh, Shash. <laughs> 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 Chorera. I thought Chorera was, was good, uh, not only in the finals, but uh, throughout the season. And I think Chorera should be made the captain uh, of Arsenal. Is that because he cried like a baby when he came off? 
I would sympathise with him. Oh, no, but, no, no, no. Uh, oi, oi. It was a good thing. It was a good thing. I want players crying. Yes. I want players hurting yes. so badly yes. that they never, it, ever... It meant something. So, finally, it looked like something meant to someone in Arsenal football club. Finally. Uh, after all those cheeky laughter that Sanchez would have on the bench. I think you're being uh, a little bit rude to um, Iwobi. Um, I think Iwobi, when he came on, played extremely well. If you look at it, I watched the game again like a, a sad man that I am. Um, uh, and I thought Iwobi, when he came on, did everything. Beat players, his little one-touches were great. Uh, everything he did, two little flicks to the back post, um, one where Aubameyang missed a good chance, um, one where Lacazette missed a good chance. Um, he's... He, I mean, he scored a cracking goal for a start. Yeah. I mean, if anyone's... We're going to talk about players and, uh, and contracts. Uh, if anyone deserves uh, a contract, if anyone was playing for their place, we've got to look at this team where this is a year where we're talking about having a big clear out. This is Emery's first big transfer window. This is where it's all going to start. This is, this is the new Arsenal from next season. We're looking through. We know there's a lot of dead wood that's going to leave. There's a lot of contracts coming up. Um, we're, there's some good talk from our management about players that we're going to buy. Um, and Iwobi was the only one for me out of who came and looked like he, he, wants, to, he wants to play for the club next year. Um, anything else to anything else anything that you can anyone can think of Schwinn that, that, that can cheer me up a bit uh, no I'm cheering you up I think uh, something that needs to be mentioned if not discussed is everything that made the Europa League the, the final the final other than the football I think everyone I've spoken to that went for the game uh, has complained about how horrible of an experience it was for them I think the city of Baku did a very good job in hosting the final but logistically and organizationally, it was a mess. And people will tell you how the fans were segregated. There was not uh, fan seating. You know, you could be seated next to a Chelsea fan if an Arsenal fan, and that sort of takes the sting out of the game. A lot of people describe it as a pre-season friendly. Yeah, the 39th game. That was fundamentally the 39th game, wasn't it? Uh, I only spoke to one person who went, who said that the atmosphere was so bad, the whole top tier was empty. Mm. And uh, they said it was just incredible for a final. And he said that's, that's one of the reasons why the players weren't up for it, because they walked out into a half-empty stadium with hardly any noise because the two sets of fans in a total of 4,000 people were the only ones who knew the songs. <laughs> you know? and, and so he said it was, it was like uh, a Sunday morning foot. Nikhil? Uh, I read somewhere that after 15 minutes, because the organisation and the committee, they realised that the stadium was half-empty, they, they started letting people in for free without a ticket. So that's how bad it was and seeing how far the pitch was from the stands, it just contributed to a very, very low-key atmosphere for a final of the magnitude that it was. See, I heard they were charging people to get out. <laughs> uh, can we, should we drop the... Anybody, anybody, anything else to say on the Europa League final? Fuck it. <laughs> no, OK. Let's, um, let's, let's just... Let's just make the week a little bit better. Let's touch on an even worse game of football. And yeah. I mean that. If that's possible, an even worse game of football, the Champions League final. Yeah. The highlight of the uh, international football, the European football calendar. Yeah. And it was shite. <laughs> was, have you seen a worse game all season? It was the most boring game I've and really, ever seen. I'm serious. Was that not the worst game of football? Yeah. I mean, I watched it. I, my wife... 
She wanted to, you know, my wife's a scouser, you know, she, uh, she wanted to get up and watch it. I had to wake her up three times just to try and get her to, and that was during the game. No, I had to, I had to wake her up three times just to get her to, to get up and watch it. And then apart from the first two minutes, which was so funny, yeah. you know, just so funny. Um, yeah, that's Isoko pointing at his mum in the crowd <laughs> and, then, and then gets hit by the ball. It was hilarious, you know, yeah. and suddenly... Darren, but, but you know what, I would like, I don't agree with most of the thing which Jose Mourinho says, but like here he says a very correct thing, as, I mean to the football, is like it's not the manager's duty to make the game interesting, their duty is to win the game. So I think... Both of them were trying to do the same and, you know, uh, whatever the decision with Klopp did, it did better. So, yeah. <laughs> I, maybe you're right, Kubu. Maybe you're right. But when we've seen Liverpool play all year long. We've seen Liverpool uh, have been pretty exceptional to watch. Um, and we were and Tottenham, for, for all of their, uh, their faults, have played some terrific football this year. Look at the semi-finals, you know, look at uh, Spurs against Manchester City, you know, look at Spurs against yeah. Ajax. Spurs have been fantastic uh, in this competition. Liverpool against Barcelona have been fantastic in this competition. Um, Spurs, it's, it's their first chance to win a, a trophy of any kind for fucking years. Uh, and, and Liverpool, you know, they've been so good. I know it's not down to, it's about winning. It's all about winning. Don't doubt that at all. But they, neither yeah. side seem to want to win. You know, neither side seem to have any energy to want to win. Shash. A classical case of bottlers. That is what Tottenham was in the finals. Um, two minutes into the game, again, I would want you to discuss uh, what that VAR is all about and, and whether VAR is basically a political or sort of uh, a political tool out there as to decide who wins and how they win, etc. etc. I, I didn't think it was a hand. It was an armpit. He was yeah. pointing to his mom. They should have been kind. And VAR should have been even kinder. Like, if you look at the VAR, that was, again, I'm sorry because we, we already closed the chapter of Europa. But just quickly, uh, VAR was not even brought in for uh, Lacazette's penalty shout yeah. uh, when, he was, when he was trying to put in there. So I really have no idea how, how are they using VAR anymore. I thought it was for the benefit of, 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 of such games, of such gravity. And once that didn't work, I thought everybody was like, yeah, all right, it's yeah, but two this, minutes in, you know congratulations. You know if you it can listened. be same like the Doug Berth Lewis in cricket, <laughs> but well, you know a bit it, less complicated. Uh, I've just got a message from Ramakrishna, by the way, saying he's ready. We'll call you, call him in a minute. Um, but you know, you you know, if you listen to this podcast, uh, um, how much I hate VAR and don't want it brought in. I mean, that's what makes it so much fun. Is that people think it's going to be the 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 be all and end all. This is going to stop all the arguments. The guy's pointing to his mum. It hits him in the armpit. I mean, it hits him on his chest and then hits the underside of his arm but that is not a clear and obvious error yeah. so the decision stands fine it's twice as much misery for Tottenham because they thought that's never a penalty and then they see the replays and they go that was never a penalty and then the referee says it was it was fun it was the <laughs> highlight of the game the absolute highlight I'm just going to play something here I'm sure you've all heard this but uh, this is something, and I don't know if you guys can hear this very well here. I'm going to play it into my own microphone. This was uh, BBC Radio 2 on Sunday morning after the cup final. 
doing clockwise from nine at Leatherhead around to junction 12. London, there's going to be a victory parade through Tottenham starting around midday after they recently became, I think, UEFA champions. I don't know anything. I think they lost. Let me they did. They did. Oh, there ain't going to be no victory parade for them. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just love that. So, so I don't know if you could catch that. That was a, a BBC new traffic traffic uh, reporter saying there was going to be a, a big. Um, I think that's Ramakrishnan calling in. By the way, uh, I think there's going to be a, a victory parade in Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> It really wasn't. Um, but I was just saying, it was a very, 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 very dull game, wasn't it? I mean, it was... It was. I just thank God that in the last nine minutes of the game, Divock Origi did score a goal because the entire game felt planned after that two, first two minutes. It was just like no one wanted to attack. They just wanted to sit back. Even Tottenham, they were chasing a game. It didn't look like they were chasing a game. But finally, Divock Origi did, did score and I turned off the TV. Was like, yeah, that was great. I was more excited than my wife. I really was. That yeah. was it. I was running around the room with my shirt over my head. That was, <laughs> that was the highlight for me because it was getting worrying, wasn't it? Yeah. Spurs were starting to become the better side. I thought, make it even funnier, I thought Spurs were the better side. I yeah. thought Spurs had more chances. Spurs played better football. Uh, Spurs became all Spursy. And this is the question that I, I need to seriously ask you. I need to seriously ask you all. Is Spursiness contagious? Because, you know, it's spreading all over North London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Uh, not quite. I mean, I, I don't think we're that far down the drain or the armpit, I suppose. Um, I do fear for us, and I, I think that's a whole different conversation, but when you've not been there for so long and you have your leaders out there, you have your best players out there, you have people in form out there, and you're not able to make it across when you just have one goal to sort of equalize and get back in the game. It doesn't really get more spursy than that. At least we conceded four. You know? <laughs> yeah, we made we, it unbearable We got, we got battered, didn't we? Yeah, but, but our team at least had the decency of taking hope away. Their team didn't even do that, so yeah. we have that for us. No, I think uh, Spurs lost the plot when they started Harry Kane. So I thought that was a bad decision uh, right there in the game itself. And. To top it off, I genuinely do think though, um, uh, history and everything apart, right now, um, on a very serious note, we need to do some something seriously, uh, unless and until Spurs start losing their players because of the new stadium move and everything and because they've not won something for a very long time. But they have been a much better side than us for the, at least the last two, three years. Well, aren't they Arsenal 10 years ago? You know, they've, they've yeah. just won the fourth place trophy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've just got to a Champions League game and, and didn't win. Yeah. You know, I'll Spurs the new Arsenal. No, but the problem is, Darren, like in this age where we applaud the fact that a team like Ajax, without spending too much, are able to sustain and reach till the semi finals of the UEFA Champions League, we have to applaud to the fact that Liverpool, City, Chelsea, uh, even Arsenal for that matter, we have been spending a lot of money in comparison to what Spurs have and they have spent nothing and still what they have managed to achieve just with the way the modern football functions I think it's tremendous Well I think this is something we'll talk about in the second half of the, the show because um, I know there's a lot of criticism especially from some of our guests tonight about Arsenal, the Arsenal management and things and, and, and I guess the statement that I'll, I'll leave you we'll go into a break now so we can get Ramakrishnan on um, we'll go into a break but the sort of statement that I sort of make to these Arsenal fans who are so unhappy with our management. Uh, Spurs employed Pochettino about, what, five, six yeah. years ago? Yeah. 
Liverpool employed Jurgen Klopp about five, oh, six years four ago. Years, four years ago. Um, Pochettino still was yet to win a trophy. Yes. And Jurgen Klopp has just won a cup competition, albeit a fucking big one. You yeah. know, it's taken a long time for them to put their own teams in place um, with managing their squads without money. Yeah. And they've managed to do it. Uh, we're, we've got, we're in the first year of our manager and there's some claims from, from people, some around this, uh, this podcast, uh, that think the manager's not the right one for the job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just leave it there, guys. I'm just gonna have, a, we're gonna have a quick break um, so I can get Ramakrishnan on. Uh, for those of you who have just joined us uh, for the second half, this is, we're back live at the Arsenal India podcast. Um, we've raised our nicotine levels. We've strunk some beer. Again. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and we've uh, we've uh, we're going to welcome Ramakrishnan to the podcast. Hello, mate. Hi, Darren. How are you? You look bolder. I look what? Bolder. Bolder. Fuck off! You can leave. <laughs> look, it's just it's just because it's hot weather and I've got my hair pushed Probably back with sweat. <laughs> One at a time. The only thing that doesn't work in the podcast is when we all talk at the same time, which is why I like to do all the talking. Okay. Uh, so, Rami, yeah, uh, you've got married since we last spoke. Yes. And how is that? <laughs> oh wow, that was good. You better go. Yes. That's going on, that's going on all right. I don't, uh, you know, the, the, the TV is on at 1.15 and I'm sad. And it, it, it's not the, not the prettiest of sights for my wife, but still, it, it, it's, good. it's going on well so far. <laughs> Does she, will she listen to this podcast? Yes, I had forced her to listen to it. Uh, the last three, four episodes, she had to listen. <laughs> and, and I had to play it on, my, on, my, on the car so that she can listen. See, yeah. that's the problem. Oh, right. I'm, I'm, she's, she's now, she's, she now, she now, she now knows some four or five players in the squad. Players who are left, players who are going to leave. Ramsey, Ozil. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, look, let's let's get on the second part of the show. I thought we'd um, we'd play Rahul Sanieri. Uh, <laughs> we'd play Vinay Venkatesh. Venkatesh. Ventilator. Ventilation. I'm not going to say that. Venkatesh, we're going to play the role of them. And I want to, let, let's, let's do their job for them. I mean, uh, let, let's start with a simple question for all of you. Um, out of 10, with 10 being the highest, which of course it is, <laughs> out of uh, marks out of 10, where would you rate Unai Emery's first season? Start with you, Schwinn. 6.75. Can't he just give me a whole number? <laughs> no, I don't think he deserves a seven, but I don't think a six is fair either. So 6.75. Six and three quarters for you. And up? Uh, seven. Seven? Yeah. Five. Five. Um, Ramakrishnan? Four. <laughs> what? Shash. He didn't have to even start with. Shash. Six. Kubus. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go for seven because, you know, at the start of the season, he brought in some of the players that he wanted and I think he has a vision and he's trying to get in the players he wants and, you know, pull the players out that doesn't suit his his style of play. So, for that confidence, seven. But for the team selection, yeah, I was not very impressed with that. Darren? Oh, uh, ten. <laughs> uh, it, no, it, it can't be a ten because we didn't quite make fourth place. Um, I think playing with the players that he's got, 
Um, it wasn't his team. I disagree with Kubu. I don't think it was him who brought those players in. I think uh, Torreira and Ginduzi and all of those, you know, when you think about Licksteiner and uh, Socrates were all brought in by, by uh, the management um, as stop gaps because we had so many holes. Um, uh, so I think with what he's got, I'd give him a, um, a six and a half, six and three quarters. Schwinn? But that's the model though, isn't it? I mean, it's one thing to make that an excuse or a way out. But if that's the way we're going to go forward, and if that manager cannot operate in such a setting, then maybe it's a bad marriage, isn't it? Yeah, I, I sort of understand where you're coming from, but I, I still don't think that is the model. I mean, we haven't rushed into replacing, uh, who was it? Who was the guy? Sven Mislintat. Sven Mislintat. Well, I used to like the days where our managers were called like George Graham and uh, real good English, Bob Wilson. You know, proper, proper names, you know, you could understand. Dennis Hillwood. Peter yeah. Hillwood, with the Hillwoods run the club for years. Hashtag Brexit. <laughs> and, and now I can't pronounce the names of some of our uh, managers. Eve Angazidis, you know? Um, I sort of understand, but I, I'm not sure we've rushed into that because we've got a coach who plays a certain style of football and we have players that don't play that style of football. So I, I don't think it works. I mean, you, you must have all heard over the last... A few months. Uh, it, it was a great line by our manager, who said that but joining Arsenal. One of the great things. It's the first time since he's been uh, a manager where he's not playing to avoid the sack. He's playing to build a team for the future. I thought it was a really out of all of the things that we hear. That was one of the real clear things that was different. Is that it, it's, let me say that again. I'm I'm not playing to avoid being sacked. I'm playing to build a team for the future. And that is so much better because that's what we are at Arsenal. We're not like a Chelsea where their, their, their plan, their philosophy is to change their, their, um, their manager every 18 months, every year, 18 months. Um, that's not what we are. we are. We've had a manager for 22 years. So we will give this guy three years. I'm sure a minimum of three years. So if you don't involve him in the recruitment process, then it's a waste of time. You know, he, he has to have, he must know his football. Now, he may not get involved in the deals. He may not get involved in the, the actual financial side of it, which is the problem with Wenger, because Wenger was frightened of spending the club's money. That's not a decision, but he must identify, I'm sure, I need a player who fills in this role, I need a player. And that's where I think we're going. But I, I don't know if we know exactly how much input he had. I believe there would have been some sort of exchange between him and, and the technical team as it existed back then. I'm sure he had some input. But to your point, the quote you just spoke about, I think that's quite dangerous, actually. I think it gives the manager a certain level of impunity. And for, for you not to be fearful of your job, I think is a bad trait to happen in this sport. We, we, we watch football, all of us watch football. There's one thing that all five, six of us, seven of us, <laughs> uh, five out of 10, six out of 10, seven out of 10 of us, that's why I can't make up my mind. The one thing that we've all got in common is we watch football. Um, and you know, we've all played, it was you Shash, you said you play, uh, used to play FIFA. Uh, we've all played football management games. Yeah. And isn't it always the danger that what we do is we always pick the best that's available. You know, we pick all the richest players, we pick the players with the best attributes because that's the best chance of winning. It doesn't always work. And that's the trouble is when you're frightened of losing every game, you're frightened to try things. You're, you're not building for the future. Jurgen, well, I mentioned it already, Ramakrishnan, in the, in the first half of this podcast. 
um, Jurgen Klopp and uh, Mauricio Pochettino have had four and five years respectively to, to build their squads, to build, without that fear of being sacked. They were given a project to do. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing that we've said to our manager, right, you know, your job's safe. You know, your job is safe. Let's build towards, you know, we, we, we did any of us at the start of this season expect us to win the league? Uh, I, I expected uh, at least a uh, third position for Arsenal. I knew that Liverpool would win the season, but they lost because of their own stupidity. Um, but, but having said that, uh, I just wanted to quickly interject over here. When you're talking of um, having this uh, impunity for job and then Emery, you know, trying to give him, give him some, some time to build his squad, etc., etc. With, with all honesty, Wenger has managed with even worse squads and finished fourth. Now, if you look at if you look at what is what has technically changed, or you would say that Man City has come up. But then, for every Man City or Liverpool which has come up in top four, there's always a Chelsea or a Man United which has gone down. So, ideally, ideally, Arsenal should not finish outside top four, despite whatever problems we have at the back or whatever. I think it's the mindset. And and what exactly is Unai Emery bringing to the table when it comes to, to dealing with the mindset is beyond my looking at the Europa Europa's uh, final, Europa League's final. The, the shortest possible thing, the, sh the, the most myopic thing of having Unai Emery, my understanding was that they brought Unai Emery so that we can actually just skate through Europa League finals in case we miss in the top four. But to our dismay, even that did not happen. So there is there is something fundamentally wrong, which is which is in the which is happening right now, and I, I it's, it's very hard to put your finger on it. If you say the squad was uh, you need to build a squad, everybody needs to build a squad. It's a ship of pieces, you know. Every time, every time for every player you, you goes out and every new player that comes in, that that has to happen. Uh, let me just to, to rebut on what you said there. I think it's uh, um, you, you mentioned Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger didn't coach our players very well. He played some great football and when he had the best players in Europe, he played the best football in Europe and we won easily. In the last five or six years of his reign, the standard of his players got worse and when you're not training those players to get better, you're just giving them confidence to go out and play in a certain style, those players stood still. Players like Bellerin, Ramsey, these players didn't get much better. They just uh, were just players year after year. So we've now brought in a coach who is trying to, who, we've seen improvements in Lacazette, we've seen improvements in Bellerin before the injury, in, in, in many players we've seen some improvements. That's what I think we're, we're doing now. He has got a weak squad of players. He inherited a squad from Wenger which wasn't very good, finished a distant sixth in the league. Uh, I'm not saying we're much better points-wise, we are better, but we finished a distant sixth. So we have got a coach now who is going to coach and put a style in place and some tactics and do things slightly differently. Now you've got to let him have those players. He's playing with a, a Mesa Ozil in the middle who just doesn't fit his a style of play. He's playing with defence of uh, Koscielny who was injured for half the season, Socrates who's at the latter end of his career, Mustafi who's crap, Kolasniak who's crap, you know, um, uh, uh, Licksteiner who's rubbish, you know, we're trying to, uh, he's trying to build a side. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Let's get some new dogs in. 
The, the new dog can't be Dennis Suarez. <laughs> uh, yeah, that wasn't a mistake, Darren, Darren. It was a, a six-month loan deal. That wasn't a mistake. That was a six-month loan deal. But, but he's been he injured. Play. He yeah. hardly played. And then he played more football than uh, Dennis Suarez. Yeah, I mean, from, from the reports that I read, that he's been carrying an injury pretty much since we signed him. He wasn't match fit. As soon as he started training, he got a groin injury. And he hasn't been available for the last three months. We don't know how good or bad Dennis Suarez is because he hasn't been fit enough to play. It's not like he's been on the bench for the last three months. He was on the bench for the first two months he joined. But, you know, that's, that was a short-term loan deal. I'm not saying that this we're going to suddenly see a wonder team arrive. I'm not saying we're going to, but surely that's what we should be aiming for. I, I keep referring so, back so to Klopp and Lebron. Would, would you chop the old blocks and uh, get in the youth, youth team, uh, promote the youth and, and get, our, get our own guys uh, play at the top level? Uh, I said on last week's podcast, give me five Ginduzes and I'll be happy. And I don't mean that anything about the position he plays in, I want players who play for the badge, who really want to fight for the club. And I will happily finish sixth, fifth or sixth and miss out on Champions League football if I can see us moving in the right direction. You know, and, and give me some players of attitude. You give me um, Joe Willock. He's a really good stat from the, I know we've talked about the Europa League, but a really good stat from the Europa League. Um, I don't know if you saw the breakdown on Arsenal, uh, Adrian Clark's yeah. breakdown on the Europa League final. Joe Willock touched the ball six times in the Chelsea penalty area, which was six times more than Mesut Ozil. Um, our combinations between our front three, Aubameyang, Ozil and Lacazette, I think was, was it six or, or seven passes between them in, in the, 90, or the 80 minutes that they all played together. Joe Willock had four shots in the last 10 minutes that he played. You know, you say, will I bring youth in? If youth comes with some energy, some dynamism, and they want to play for the badge, yeah, absolutely. I'll go and watch it. Listen to Arsenal it, fans yeah. complain all day long. I would much rather go to Arsenal every week, which hopefully I will be next season, and watch people who fight and want to play for the badge. Yeah, that's what I want. Anyone? Darren, I think... Kubu. Yeah, see, I think... Yeah. See, I think uh, if, you, if you look at every great team in the history, there's... Uh, you'll find just one thing very common is that they got good leaders and they got good leaders in defense. And you know, after Sol Campbell left, I don't, I don't ever remember that we have had that leader in the team. Yeah. So Shelly <laughs> clearly he doesn't, Shelly clearly he doesn't fit into that role. So yeah, till that time we do not get such good leaders. I mean, like somebody who's strong at the back. Take the case of Tony Adams or Sol Campbell or Patrick Vieira even for that fact, and somebody like that. You know, Arsenal is going to be nowhere because you know you can score as many goals as you want but then if, if you could not defend at the end you know those all those goals they they like they they going to win so you know because the premier league in premier league i think the center of the top teams is so good take the case of man city you can score goals but if you don't defend you cannot think of beating a team like man city you're right. It's a, it's so we a, need good leaders at the back it's a defensive... and the question is how do we make them so do we bring them from the youth yeah, from the youth up, or you know, do we bring in somebody from outside? Then he'll take like two or three years at Arsenal, probably two or three seasons to you know to get hold of the team, and you know, so that somebody can guide the team when we are at the losing end in a game. I, I agree absolutely. I think uh, that's the the biggest issue we have to face is the lack of men in our side. You know, the lack of men who just have that desire that we've seen with Tony Adams, Steve Bold. 
uh, Martin yeah. Keown. Uh, I just got to, just before I bring Nick Killian, who wants to talk, I just have to, to take exception, as I do every time they mention that cunt Sol Campbell. Stop talking about him as if he's been our best defender, as he's been an Arsenal legend. He was captain of Tottenham, captain of Tottenham, captain of our rivals. But he was and a part of leaves. the Invincibles team, come on. He so leaves. Every player who was a part of the Invincibles team was, was a good player and a great player, I think. And I'm not a, doubting... I'm not doubting his ability as a player, but you were talking about character and strength of character and about men. This bloke was captain of Tottenham Hotspur and he could have gone anywhere in European football and he decided to shit on his teammates, shit on the thousands of fans who paid his wages for, for year after year, shit on all of them and move across the fucking road to Arsenal. That is disgraceful character of anyone. And if I, I never, you know, when he came to play for us, what the fuck is the Spurs captain playing for us? Okay, he was a good player. But if you look at him, nobody liked him. Didn't like him. Why would you want him in the Arsenal side? Why would you want the captain of Tottenham Hotspur representing us? Nick Hill. Because he has scored more goals in the European Cup Finals than Tottenham Hotspur. Yay. <laughs> That's a very good stat. I do like that one. And uh, I was, uh, when, when Kubu was talking about having leaders in the team and having a strong defence uh, I just thought, it just struck me that one quote from Sir Alex Ferguson which says, a good defence, will, uh, a good attack will win you a football game, but a good defence will win you a title. And that is what we lack right now. Yeah. Okay, Socrates came in, okay, we had an experienced defender in Koscielny, but we didn't have that steel in the back which would, you know, give a kick up the ass of the players who's not performing. They'd just tell them to play for the badge. And I think one player that comes out with that sort of, uh, that sort of an uh, attitude is probably Granit Xhaka. But even that did not work well in the European final. I, 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 I think we are way beyond these leaders and men and all that we want to put forward in that sense. Because I think with time, uh, you call it the boon or the bane of the social media or the generation that we are living in right now. I think that era that we are talking about of the Vieiras and the Martin Keown and everything, it's difficult to find people like them because they lived at a time where it was difficult to even earn a daily livelihood in terms of football and whatever money they earned, it was not enough. Right now, people get paychecks and if you're really good at it, you're wrapped in cotton wool. I don't think we can produce or any football club for that matter can produce people like them. It's rare. Like if you see, slow, if you see slowly all the football, football clubs across, it's more played with tactics, with a certain style and a brand of football. And it's more of a team game rather than somebody who's just leading from the front. All, obviously, there'll always be an exceptional talent that comes across and have that thing. But if you look at it, leaders, from a point of view, you'll find it coming from countries which are marginally underdeveloped because they have to scrape, fight South for America. everything. Exactly. South America. So it's difficult to find players like those from, say, Europe or America or England for that matter. But you need to have that tough upbringing to have someone of that character who's going to fight for everything. And that is going to be very rare to find. And plus, with us being in Europa again, it's going to make our transfers dealing even, even much more difficult. I agree with you, Anup, and it's going to be tough. But I think what, what Wenger's failing was, was he took those out. When Wenger started, we had a whole lot of them. Bergkamp, Omri, these are hard men as well as, as, as skillful players. Uh, Vieira, Petit, you know, you could look through that side and at the back with Adams, 
and these these were strong characters Campbell you know these are strong characters <laughs> these are strong characters that we had in every position in the pitch when you were losing a game of football when you were losing a football match these people would turn it around when you look at our football team now where you've got Ozil you know uh, they're, they're head dropping players all of them Xhaka even Koscielny our captain you know Monreal they're not players that will grab you by the scruff of the neck and get you, you back to winning. These are players that's, that, that are weak-willed, that go, oh, it's all, all bad. Nikhil, you wanted to come back. Just to add to your point and add to Anup's point, I remember watching the highlights of a game, I think it was from the 2002-03 season, Arsenal-Manchester United. And <clears throat> I remember Fabian Bartes was the keeper for Manchester United. Uh, same same country as Thierry Henry, but when they were playing for Arsenal and Manchester United, they were enemies, and they didn't have that brotherhood of the French team coming into play when they were playing against each other. You don't see that today. Take for example, if Manchester United are playing Arsenal right now, Paul Pogba would gladly go and hug Koscielny even in the middle of the match. That takes the competitive edge out of the game, and for us as fans, uh, it seems to us that the player for our club. It's just, uh, it's just maintaining a friend, friendly environment on the pitch and we don't want to see that. They say it's a very nice place to go to work, yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that's good to a certain yeah. extent, but we don't want a nice place to go to work. Yeah. We want an environment where we've got some winners and that's what I think is, is missing. Anyone, anything else on that? Before? All right, uh, just quickly, Nikhil made a point uh, about... Uh, uh, the, the amicability between Arsenal and United players, something like how it was between Henri and Barthez and now between Pogba or, or Giroud until last season. Um, I, I think it's because um, you, you need to understand, they were competing for first and second. This time, they know they're not competing for first and second. There's, there is ample gap between the two teams and that is why if there's friendly atmosphere, let that be. If it's something like El Clasico, where they are at their throats for first or second position, then obviously that, that, will, that will automatically generate in our players. Now, secondly, uh, just very quickly, uh, Darren, if, if, if I may. Uh, we've, we've been talking a lot about Austin and we're giving, giving him a lot of flack out there. Now, I, I, think, I think blaming, pinning everything on Osir for all the miseries of, of, your, of your season, Time and again, um, and it's, I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I get to hear one of your rants, just like on, on Soul Campbell, one of your rants on Osil soon. The, the, the curious case of missing Osil or Mesut Osil, as you would like to put it, Mesut Osil is half as bad as the rest of Arsenal. And I can stick my neck out of the window for that. We all are blaming it on Osil. You don't want to include him in the team. I think you don't want to include him in the team. Not because he's not a, he's not the player of that caliber anymore. But you don't want to include him in the team because you need to release so that you get more funds to buy un, uh, more, more players of, of as, as I would like to quote this recent article, the, one of the quotes in the recent article. Unteachable mediocrity. That is what selling Osa would mean. Ramakrishnan, we come back to you, Shash. Ramakrishnan. Yeah, yeah, I I completely disagree with Shash. I would keep Mesut Ozil out of the team for the good of the team. 
he is earning 400,000 pounds a week and he is not contributing enough to warrant the, warrant the pay that he's get, he gets. I would get three players who, who would match up to the salary and be half as good at him, good as him, then have one Mesut Ozil in my team. I am his biggest fan, but he doesn't fit the agenda anymore. He doesn't shade the team anymore. I love him, but it's time for him to go. It's time for us to generate funds. What we would be generating 15 million pounds at the same. I doubt we'll be generating anything more, more, more than that uh, from him. But it's time for him to leave the club. And, and if you look at the positions that we would need to improve, we would go around six to seven positions. And his is one of the one of the main positions that we would like to have a replacement. Do we need to have a banner to get him out? Like we, uh, like the the Arsenal fans had a banner for Arsenal Wenger. Do we need to make a banner for Ozil as well? That's also a unique situation. Shash, I won't rant. Um, um, Ramakrishnan, <laughs> Ramakrishnan said, <coughs> you know, very succinctly and eloquently what I was thinking. Um, I am just disappointed with Mesut Ozil. I'm not, I love him. You know, we've talked so often in this podcast, I could play you a hundred times where I said, I love watching him play. It's just that he doesn't play very often and he doesn't play very well in this, uh, in this the way our manager sets up. Um, he seems, he's a luxury player and, you know, you need those luxury players to, to perform. And you, if you look at our competition, you know, they've all got players like Ericsson, who has been exceptional this year. Not week in, week out, but but 80% of the games, he's been terrific for Tottenham. Um, Ozil's been 20% of our games. And when he's earning 80% of our salary, uh, that's where Ramak- I agree with Ramakrishnan, is that we may replace him with three players who are lesser than, than he is, but lesser than him when he's good. And when he's only good 20% of the time, you know, half of, half of 20%... You know, it's not very much. It doesn't it doesn't take much to get a player who's going to do half as much as Ozil. Kubu. Yeah. We also have to consider the fact here that Ozil is a, is a kind of the player who cannot turn the game on his own. He's not theory on ring, right? He has to he has to have those players around him where he can supply. He can become a player who who supplies, who know you, who just supplies with the ball, who just bring on the team forward. So he's he's that kind of a player. Yeah. So if we don't have those kind of players around Ozil, then I don't think we can ever get the best out of him. Sorry, we used to complain that Mesut Ozil only had Olivier Giroud in front of him, uh, and now he's got the Golden Boot winner and Lacazette, one of the best players in the Premier League, and our Arsenal Player of the Year. You know, those are the two best players we've fucking got. He's got the best two players that we've had for ages in front of him, yeah? Uh, And he's not performing. He's got two assists the entire season. Two assists! I've got more than that! (laughs) Well, I don't know. Lacazette is good, but you know he didn't even make it to the French team. No, 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 Sorry to speak over you, but people who watch football every week at Arsenal, um, the supporters club vote for their player of the year. If you look through our history, every year that player is someone not always the star of the team. It's one of the things I love about the Supporters Club Player of the Year. It's not always Thierry Henry, Dennis Burkham. If you look back, and it's really worth looking through our history in, in, in your lifetime of the players that have won that award, because the people who, who vote for that are the ones that go to the game every week and they see the energy, the determination, the effort that somebody puts in, added to a little bit of flair. Lacazette won that this year, which meant that the Arsenal fans rated him and I think we all agreed when we talked yeah. about it as our 
almost all of us, our best, <laughs> our best player this year. So we've got our best player and a guy who won the Golden Boot. I mean, what more do you want? Okay, he disagrees. Sell him to Manchester City. Yeah, Schwinn always disagrees. Schwinn. No, I mean, I don't disagree. I think Lacazette <laughs> really has improved. And I think uh, in terms of the physicality, I think that's something that's stuck out, that, that's been visible. And more importantly, in the absence of Mesut Ozil's high standards, self-set high standards, he's been someone who's linked up play a lot. I think without him, we'd be missing a, a big fulcrum in the team. But when you have a player in your team that is the golden boot winner, you give him the best player. The, the, the oh, that's nonsense. It's my opinion. It's your it's, opinion. It's, it's nonsense. It, no, and it's, I disagree. It's nonsense. Somebody scores all the goals. It, you know, I mean... Let's just say that we had the best. Let's say we had Lionel Messi in our side, yeah, and and he was and Aubameyang, and Aubameyang scored fifty goals, and forty-eight of them were set up by Messi. Who's your golden boot winner? Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's not always, you know, uh, uh, Tony Adams has won it. He didn't score all the goals that year. Do you know? I mean, Tony Adams won it when Ian Wright was playing, and when uh, you know when when Alan Smith was playing. You know. It's the, 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 the it's voted for by the per, the person who's who's the the player of the year, not the one who scores the most goals. That's 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 schoolboy nonsense, isn't it? That's that's XG football. <laughs> you know, that's XG football. That's the one who scores the most, or might score the most, or should score the most, or may score the the most in an alternate universe. That's the one who gets it. <laughs> who was your player of the year this year, Ramakrishnan? Like I said, hold on. Shash? Yeah, good shout. Faded a bit this year, though, didn't he? Faded in the second half of the season a little. I'm looking forward to seeing him next year because uh, he's, he's new to the Premier League. It's tough. He's a little bit small, and I think it took his toll on him a little bit. Build him up over the, uh, over the summer. Hopefully, he'll be, he'll, be, he'll be good for us next year. Uh, Kubu, who was your player? Uh... Sorry, Ramakrishnan, you were saying something. Sorry. I think that was what uh, has happened with Lacazette. He he faded, sort of faded away last year, but then this year he was magnificent. He was excellent to watch. He had a lot of energy, and the physicality in him grew over uh, the season. Well, look, we've already done too long. Shash, quick word from you, and then we'll we'll start yeah, wrapping just, up because I know you need to last, go soon. Last uh, quick word, and for, for all of us to uh, you know, if it's more of a more of a food for thought for the whole season. Uh, and please, please pay a little attention to what I have to say. I'm, I'm no god. I'm just ball winder. But um, uh, or, I can, I can just, just, just winder, quickly. I, I need to you. make a word. <laughs> or sorry. sorry, as I mispronounced ball winder when I first saw your name. Yeah, my apologies. You were the uh, the gal rav of the, the of the season. <laughs> Gorov, 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 Gorov. And what is it? Gorov. Gorov. Oh, I can't know. Go on, carry on, Shash. Right. Uh, agreed. Agreed with all all the criticism that that Mesut has got. Agreed with everything else. Just just a quick thing. Please look at how many tap-ins has Obamayan, a 60 million quid player, and like I said, 40, 50 odd million quid player have missed this season. Yeah, terrible. Uh, are they are they are they getting the same kind of flag that Osil has? Number two, Osil now because because the manager is playing flank to flank game. And there's nothing box to box happening in the middle. If somebody like a Wilshire or some character like that who can run us or, or Santi Casola, who can run us out for the whole season and not be like six months injured or six months absent or whatever it is. If if Darren, if we get one player like that, one player 
I swear to God, Mr. Rosal will will justify whatever um, money he's he's uh, he's, he's demanding. Aubameyang will will score probably the highest number of goals in the century or whatever. He will score probably break uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's records and everything. Everything will be possible. Just that if, if something like this has to mend, but where is the will to do that? That is my real question. Uh, uh, well, we will probably find out next season because <laughs> we won't be able to get rid of him, you know, because nobody's going to pay the shitloads of money that he's on. Uh, to, I mean, you know, we're going to have to pay someone 200, 300,000 pounds a week just to get him off the contract. I can't see that happening. I think whatever way we look at it, Ozil will be a part of our squad next year. And I, I think with the Adidas deal next season and see how... Mesut Ozil is the poster boy for Adidas. I don't see Mesut Ozil leaving the club. I don't get that. The poster boy. I mean, that's in Schwinn's sort of schoolboy. He scored the most goals. He's the best player. Sanchez is uh, the golden boot winner. Yes, yeah, Sanchez is the golden boot. Going to be the golden boot winner this year. Uh, Sorry, Mesut Ozil with his buggy eyes and his weird face. How can he be a poster boy for Adidas? He is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but how? You know, surely that gives me hope. Because he has more Instagram followers than the official page of Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's another reason we'll keep him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, is anything anything that's really on your mind? Uh, there's a few questions I want to ask, but I know uh, Shash has to go, so I want to tie up really and finish off. Um, Anything on your minds? Can we have a laugh at sports again? <laughs> no, you're going to have to listen. <laughs> you're going to have to listen to the first half of the podcast <laughs> because we already have. But no, actually, let's just take a moment to do it again. Ramakrishnan, thank you for that. Let's <laughs> uh, look, this could well be the last episode of the Ask to India podcast. Um, uh, we'll see. I'm obviously, I'm leaving India in a, uh, a short space of time and I may not be coming back next year. So uh, um, it's just really nice that this has given me something to do every week. I've met some really great people over the course of it. Big, big, big thanks to Ramakrishnan who uh, was the, on the first episode and if it wasn't for him, I don't think it would have continued because I was trying for weeks to get some people interested. And then of course, Anup and Nikhil were who have done bloody loads to, who have come in. <laughs> Special guests like Schwinn and now with Kubu and Shas. It's, uh, and, and I'm not going to forget Ayush, who, who's been a, a mainstay this year. Who's been, uh, and Sumer, and who's asked all that questions. And, no, wait, uh, who was that? Sushant. 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 Well, I was going to say, and then there's the people who send in the questions. Sushant, um, there's people in England, uh, Simon's always sending in loads. The people in the India, my nephew Max, who came on the podcast. Our listeners, people like uh, Sarah, and uh, I can't, I, I'm not going to list them all because that makes me think like we've only got about six, <laughs> <laughs> if I know all their names. And you're all here. Uh, so I was just going to ask you um, if um, uh, if you, uh, I mean, you're, you're all on the podcast. And up, I think I was friends with you first, podcast yeah. second. Yeah. But I think the rest of you are, uh, and Ramakrishnan the same. I think the rest of you, oh, look, I was hoping to finish this podcast without my wife coming in, but I can hear her coming in the door. Uh, uh, 
did you say you're in from Calcutta, Shash? Chandigarh. Oh, Chandigarh. It's not safe. Uh, do you want to say anything, Kath? Well, we're on the we're recording the podcast live. Have you got anything to say on Liverpool? They're so good looking. You wish you had um, a video link here. This is such a good looking group. Um, Chandigarh. We have. Look, they're on the telly. Look, there's, oh, there's Ramakrishnan. Remember Yay! Rama? Um, champions hi. of Europe. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see you both in Bangalore. Yeah. Yes, you yeah, will. Last yeah. week, end of June. Uh, Bye, um, enjoy. Yeah, Champions Europe. See, she just got it in, didn't she? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I was just trying to say, you know, it's been... Shash, you just wanted to say something. I mean, I was going to ask a question. What, what's your, what's your I, memory I, of the Arsenal India podcast? I, I enjoyed your episode when you were probably stuck somewhere camping in Bournemouth. In the in the harshest of winter and stuttering and shivering while throughout the throughout the uh, throughout the uh, podcast, it was amazing. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, who's your least favourite guest that we have on? <laughs> no, don't answer that one. Mesut Ozil. Yeah. Um, I'd like to thank Arsene Wenger for sending in his message. <laughs> that, was yeah, like, that was the highlight, my highlight, when I, when I woke up to a message from Arsene Wenger. Um, Ramakrishnan, early memories? Uh, the first episode, I still remember us sitting with a big note uh, in our hands and writing down the questions and trying to figure out how we're going to start it, if we're going to really do it, or are we just going to have a smoke and go back home. <laughs> that was probably... <laughs> And so we probably the probably probably the, the first and first memory was probably the sweetest of all. Yeah, and we didn't stop talking, did we? And it took me. I know we did. It took oh, me. Oh, it was so funny. It took me four days to edit that because of my breathing. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't learned how to control my breathing, but then when I listened to it and heard with my forty Marlborough a day addiction <laughs> that I went <laughs> <laughs> between each statement. So uh, I edited each one out individually. <laughs> <laughs> Shash, you wanted to just come back there? No, I was just about to take your leave. Uh, thank you so much, Darren. Congratulations on this amazing, amazing century of episodes plus. And I wish you uh, all the luck um, and much more luck than uh, probably, uh, or as much luck as Arsenal should have this season. Um, <laughs> congratulations to the wifey for uh, winning the, the, the Champions League. <laughs> she didn't and, get it, guys. Um, Spurs. <laughs> yeah. Shash, look, really, I wish I'd had you on earlier. It's been a, a real pleasure. Thanks, mate. And I know you've got to go. Cheers. So uh, I, I will, Cheers, we'll mate. talk again, I'm sure. Okay. Nikhil, any, uh, any, uh, any favourite memory from this podcast? I just remember how I used to travel in the heat. <laughs> you, you, do a, you do a two-hour pilgrimage to yeah. come and listen to me talk. Yeah, from the north end of the city to the southern end of the city. A new city altogether. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've really enjoyed the journey. And I, I'm, just, I'm just glad I approached you that, that fateful day at the Yes Minister during the screening. And the next day I was on. Thank you for having me. That's, that's how desperate we were for yeah. guests. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you, thank you so much for giving me a piece of the Arsenal India podcast. Yeah, it's been great, really great having you. And up, anything to say? You've yes. been very quiet today, which I understand because you haven't really got many opinions. You just come here for a beer and uh, and a chat with your mate. Which and I he like. lost the. I oh, he's he lost the final. Again, he's just had this first loss. You see. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're married. You should stay quiet. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
so I, I think Mondays became much better because yeah. of the fact that we had to look forward to something like this because usually it starts with work and you're like oh god what to do but apart from the free alcohol that I genuinely <laughs> came here for um, uh, I think it has been a great great 100 episodes I I think I've missed like some 20 or something but I have been in most of them and it used to be quite fun when we initially started with me you and Rama um, and uh, slowly or steadily it has we have sort of built a chemistry and it has been fun and now I think because we started as friends it just was that much easier and especially us uh, winning above going above Spurs in the last day of that uh, Day, uh, which season was Leicester this? Winning three, yeah, yeah, it was, Leicester the, winning it was the year we got banned from Yes Minister, and yeah. <laughs> the Arsenal India, supporters, I think. yeah, the Arsenal India supporters club, yeah. you're right, got banned from uh, the Chatter House. We, you, we had too much shots, I puked <laughs> on the road, and it's just one of those good days uh, associated with this podcast. It was one of those days that actually really made me feel like I was an Arsenal supporter with friends, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was uh, it was rather. Shwen, you've been a more recent guest, I heard. Uh, you used to listen to the podcast as well, and you obviously appear on the Clock End Talk podcast. Um, you talk a load of bollocks, but you speak it, <laughs> you speak it so well and so with so much um, uh, determination that I'm sure a lot of people think you know what you're talking about. We obviously can see through you, but it's, it's been a lot of fun having you on. I've really enjoyed your company, especially some of the one-to-ones that we've done. Um, uh, thanks ever so much for coming in. Any, anything you want to say about the podcast? Well, for the record, I've never claimed to actually know anything, so I've always said that everything that comes out of my mouth is gibberish, but uh, I feel a bit out of my depth here, and I don't, I feel, as I sit in this room, I feel like I don't belong here because, you know, the four of you have obviously been carrying the, the baton for in the last two, three seasons, so for me, it's just congratulations for, for this journey. Uh, thank you for, you know, letting me be a, part, a small part of it. I enjoyed every interaction I've had with you guys. And I've gotten to know some wonderful people through Darren and Darren himself. So thanks for having me, and it's always been uh, special. Did you just want that stuff? That's why you invited him. Like, just, just be honest now. <laughs> I didn't have a, I didn't have a sip of the booze. So, I'm guessing, yeah. so look, we've uh, we've seemed to have lost Kubu. I'm not sure what happened to uh, Kubu. Hello, I'm, oh, you're I'm there. here, Darren. I'm Kubu. I'm still waiting for my turn to so, the yeah, podcast. Okay, it's because I can't see you now. Kubu, have you got any any favourite memory of the podcast? Yeah, indeed. I got an invite from the podcast today, finally, by you on Skype. <laughs> that is my, my favourite memory. And yeah, another one. The last time when you did a podcast and you said that we could not get Kubu on the show, but we'll definitely try to, give, try to get him the next time. You know, and I said that to so many of my friends that, yeah, I'm on the podcast. And they just said that he just announced your name once. <laughs> so, you know, I consider myself to be on the podcast that day only. But... You know, officially I'm here, so very glad and thank you so much. No, no, it's been a pleasure. Sorry we haven't had a chance to get you on earlier. Um, but uh, who knows? I'm, I'm sort of enjoying it now, so I don't want to finish. <laughs> uh, look, it's, uh, it's been a, a real wonderful journey from my point of view, um, you know, coming to India, making so many friends and uh, really enjoying this wonderful country. I've missed going to Arsenal every week, but getting to know you guys has, um, has halved the pain and made it a, a lot of fun. And uh, I'm sure... Whatever format this podcast takes in the following year, I'm hoping it'll all come on somehow with yeah. the, the magic of technology. Yes. And uh, I hope that we'll uh, continue to be mates and um, 
Uh, and this this is not the end of. Maybe uh, you could do more Skype versions from England. Yeah, maybe I could. You have to understand, yeah. Darren, that I need my free ticket to the Arsenal game, so you are going to be my friend. Whenever you come, you will stay at my house, and you could. Hang on, I shouldn't say this to everyone. <laughs> I, 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 I am talking. I'm looking at a nook, and I obviously include uh, the, the guests on the podcast. If you come to England, you stay at my house, and you can have a ticket for Arsenal, no problem. That isn't a general one to everyone who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> You, you realize that I'm moving to the UK later this year, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, look, it's been, a real, it's been a, a real journey and it's been a real lot of fun for me. And for the last time, possibly, I'd just like to say thank you all for listening. Follow me at Delhi Guna. Is that what I am? Yeah. At Delhi Guna on Twitter. So you can find out how you can tune into next year's podcast. Uh, but until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.